And now, the moment you've all been waiting for. Welcome to Social Media White Noise. Yeah, I'm really sorry about that, Ted, but we've had complaints that the intro's too long. Bugger. I'm Ron here. Hello, everyone. Oh, good. Then we have a van come past at the same time. Is that like a van to start off the show, is there? There we are. We're outside. Hello. Yes, we are. That's, 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 that's the sun's fault, because pew, what a scorcher. It's a bit yeah. warm, isn't it? Yeah, it's been very warm. It's been nice. Right. I am Nick Butler, a.k.a. Loudmouth Man. This is Social Media White Noise, episode 104. We've gone around the houses so that he can say... <coughs> Excuse me, just clearing my throat. I am Andy White, otherwise known as Dr. S- Dr. Pod, spelt D-O-C-T-O-R-P-O-D, not D-R-P-O-D, as some people might think. Uh, bad choice of name, but never mind. And, uh, yeah, as he said, it's social media white noise. Where are we today? I'll tell you where we are. We're at the uh, the Lane Deli, which is in Trafalgar Street, Brighton. We're outside because it's, it's a nice day. And um, what have we got to talk about today, Nicholas? A mouthful of sandwiches. At the yeah, moment. Nick's. I'm doing the old trick, you know, mm. getting Nick to talk when he's got, got his mouth full. This is great. Um, shall I tell our viewers? Tell, what us, we've got tell, to us, tell us about the Lane Deli first of all, because it's actually uh, well, a really lovely find. I've lived in Brighton since 2000, and I've walked past this place. I don't know how long it's been the Lane's Deli, but I've walked past it quite a few times and thought, oh, we should do a show from there. And uh, it's really nice. It's one of those places on the corner with a nice little terrace. It's one of those, one of those sort of corner places where the world goes past you slowly. Yeah. And yeah. you get to experience both the cars and um, the less tourism sites of, of Brighton. It's very near the station. It's about five minutes from the station. So yeah. it's in the sort of um, northy, middly bit of Brighton. But, but don't get Andy lovely. to try and explain it to you, because he explained it to me and sent me up the wrong hill. Uh, I, did, I did tell him it was Trafalgar Street. Listen to he said, he said, he said, <coughs> he said, go down to Trafalgar Street. It's on the corner of Trafalgar Street and Sydney Street. And... So what's been happening in the last couple of weeks? Um, we're going to be talking about the uh, Nickel explain this because he's still eating. Oh, I think it's just clearing his mouth out. The Great Firewall of Cameroon. Uh, oh God! The That's Open Rights Group response. Uh, try reading the Open Rights response from a public library as Kev Global did. I will learn what that's about. And clueless at the heart of decision we, we making. Miss- and all the time, we've got this wonderful thing going on: the fracking for a car up mm. in Balcom. And we just had this wonderful idea before we started that we might try and broadcast from there. We should go from there after this, I think. We should go straight up and do it. Maybe we should. That's what we should do. I can't because I've got things on, but never mind. Ah, OK. Well, take things off and go. (laughs) That's a popular (laughs) thing to do at the moment. (laughs) Right. OK, I've just had some... Whoops. I've just just dropped some equipment on Nick's foot. Just beating me up now. Right, OK, fair enough. I think it's still working, though. Now? Yeah, I've still got a signal set still working. There's been a lot of big news. we don't need to talk about um, about new arrivals because that's terribly boring. So this will be the new arrival free zone. Yep. But at the same time that that news went out the door, and it's it seems like you know it was an opportunity that David Cameron had to talk about this um, this policy that he wishes to bring in to encourage internet service providers to enforce the opting in of uh, parental controls to brand new uh, internet accounts who sign up with ISPs. And this was going to be the big news announcement for Monday. Uh, it got it got quite well drowned out um, by, the, um, by the effect of the uh, other news that we aren't talking about. Yep. Um, however, it still got some attention by those who were either technically aware or technically know. Now, this is, um, this is a policy that has been lobbied for and pushed for hard by uh, Daily Mail. Um, so, sorry, Nick, let's get, let's get this absolutely right. Yep. What, what Monsieur Cameroon is, is suggesting is that 
um, people have to actively opt out, is it? Of You have to... Of... Okay, so at the, at the moment, um, it's quite possible to phone up your ISP and say, can you give me some help to ensure that my children can serve safely? Okay. Because apparently, you know, it's important to make sure that uh, whilst we have to stop sh- strangers interacting with children, we're allowed to have perfect strangers make moral choices for children. Um, and we're allowed to have companies pollute our water supply, but more well, of that later. Yeah, we'll, we'll come back to that. Well, you know, the, the potential for that to occur, I think, is is, is the concern. Mm. But so we have this this thing where at the moment we have an internet um, that is regulated, both self-regulated and to a to a certain extent regulated by telecommunication telecommunication laws and by copyright laws and by laws that are already in existence. However. Um, those laws have done nothing to protect incumbent companies from the effects of uh, how the internet is changing, how people are choosing to experience entertainment, to find information, to coordinate protests. So that, that's actually quite a big problem if you're a government or if you're a company who has a certain level of investment in ensuring that, um, that your consumers are sticking to your brand and are maintaining contact with the things that you want them to maintain contact with and they're going off and choosing to you know watch tv on demand and avoid looking at adverts by fast forwarding through them um by choosing to not wait for things to be published (coughs) on a regional level locking but to sort of go and fetch that information down or to coordinate protests or campaigns by you know communicating via various uh social media streams and 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 communication streams the internet provides face it, the internet is exceedingly destabilising for those who seek to control a large group of, of people or a large consideration of thought. And one of the, uh, one of the areas with which you could, you could control this, this internet is you could say, well, well, what we'll do is we'll start saying which, which sites people should be allowed to visit. Um, in fact, we could we could go as far as saying actually we'll we'll say that only certain websites are, are available and other websites are all locked off and you can't get to them. Um, certain services, certain functionality of the internet can be locked off because that could be a danger to you, could be a problem. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you sort of go ahead and you try saying, well, we want to implement this because uh, basically the the incumbent big companies, the incumbent corporations, and the incumbent governments um, are, are unable to manage and maintain and control the message, uh, you'll get revolt. So what you should do is you should say, well, actually, we're really concerned that paedophiles and child abusers are making strong use of the internet and the internet's pornography um, to encourage them to continue to to abuse children. And we'll, we'll say that actually the big concern we have is that without putting strong filters in place on content that's available online, we're encouraging people to maintain uh, a poor a poor sort of sense of moral codes as far as they're concerned um, in terms of, of what we find acceptable in public um, and so anybody who's interested in pornography, who is interested in fantasy, who is interested in a sexually positive point of view, should also be considered to be a paedophile or a terrorist. In fact, if you don't want these filters put in place you must support the abuse of children. And that's how the argument is then framed. <coughs> we're, we're starting off with a fairly oversimplified point of view. If you don't want to have these filters in place, you must approve of children being abused. Now, let's get to the heart of the matter here. What the government's not saying is actually we need to stop children being abused. So, so what they're doing, simple. Nick, is they're doing that trick that restaurants do. 
when they give you the little thing and it says, would you like to leave a tip? And you have to explicitly say no. Mm. Yeah. So or this, this is, do so as I've done twice and put your pin code in where then what the, num- the, so, the amount. So the, so the overtly, yeah, that's, that can be quite a disaster, really. It's a good thing that my pin code is 0001. <laughs> now, um, the... The interesting thing here is the wording that David Cameron has used. In fact, the wording that, that's been used uh, on this is uh, it is no longer good enough to internet service providers to say it is not possible to implement these. Uh, it's time that they brought those big brains together and found an answer to this before we have to bring in regulation. Um, and they're, you know, they're, they're, the conversation kicks off with how can you have all these very smart people who can do all this wonderful stuff on the internet but you can't find an answer to uh, abusive images on the internet and you can't find an answer to how to block um, horrible content that we think people shouldn't be accessing because there's legitimate stuff there's legitimately Mm. horrible content that you wouldn't want people to access and the concern is that somehow or other children have access to this and they are being, they are being damaged by their access to this, this material. Um, I have to say that I find it, first of all, amazing that we are more comfortable with the concept of reducing responsibility in parents than we are in uh, encouraging the concept that says, it's that thing that says, I can't watch my child all the time when they're on the internet. Well, surely if you took your child to the beach, you would probably be watching them all the time so they're not drowning or disappearing, right? That would You wouldn't say, I can't watch my child all the time at the beach, so I demand to have uh, free nannies provided to me who will, who will ensure where my children are. In fact, when I go to the beach, what I want are huge walls built so that children can't get hurt whilst they're at the beach because I don't have time to watch them. In fact, when I'm downtown, I don't have time to watch my child, so it's important that we have every shop provide daycare facilities for each of our children as we go and shop. Right? It's this weird sort of attitude. The argument goes, parents simply don't have time to watch their children. So, well, this would seem to be one of the responsibilities that you should have as a, as a, as a parent is to... You know, watch your child to pay attention to what your child's doing it's it's your it's you know it's 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 your child and your responsibility and if what you're saying is it's too hard for me to understand then possibly don't put them on the internet um, Nick you know you just mentioned that um, there isn't a way to programmatically to identify bad sites let's just use that generic word bad pornographic or or whatever. You can identify a bad site. You can say, this site is bad. You can say, the content on this website is bad. Once you know that, yeah. But I mean, the way of programmatically deciding if the content is bad. Automating that process? Well, you Can't really be done. You could have image recognition tools. Well, I was going to say that. Well, you know on Facebook, when you go report abusive can't you have a similar thing on the internet? I think this website's Well, dodgy. that already exists. Does it? Yeah, What's that it already exists. And there are, there are your ISP, actually, every ISP has a, has a facility whereby you can visit a thing and say, report this website. OK. OK. But do people know that? But let's, I didn't let's, know that. let's understand what that would mean. What happens if, if they say, OK, well, we're going to block because there are keywords on this website. Um, you know, this website's all about sex kittens. We're going to block the phrase sex kittens. Then later on, uh, your child decides that it wants to own a cat, yeah. and you you go out and you buy a kitten. 
and you suddenly realize that you don't know how to uh, work out if it's male or female. So, you know, you start wondering, how do I sex kittens? Uh. Ah, you can't, you can't do that. Um, actually, here's the thing. What if you're currently studying for your O-levels and A-levels? Because it turns out that's actually a adult phrase that's used on websites to refer to oral and anal. So, um, oh, actually, O-levels and A-levels can't be studied for because, well, there's no point looking for that. An oral examination is going to end up with a problem. And, and you know, let's not, let's not talk about breasts because any conversation about breasts... Pretty fairly important to a large part of the population, especially when it's considering that you want to test them. It has them. to be a human being that decides whether or not a site should be. So blocked. you have to put a human being. Now you yes. block a site. Now let's block a website. What does that mean? Well, the website just sets itself up with a new name and a new IP address. Mm. So that hasn't worked. Okay, so let's 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 not. We could block the domain name. Mm-hmm. That could be one way of doing it. That already exists. In fact, most most services like OpenDNS yeah. and DYNDNS. Um, provide a service, and I'll actually make use of it, which says the domain name you're visiting is considered contained harmful material. bad, yeah, whatever, yeah. Do you want to continue? Yeah, and you just, choice. Just get the choice. But it's inside the DNS, and that for me is a... That's what I like. It's like, well, it's good, I can make the choice. But if you're somebody who's trying to disseminate material that's harmful in terms of child abuse material, it's very unlikely that you're just putting it straight out on an open website. It's more likely that this is material you're servicing through torrents and peer-to-peer transitions, retro-share and email. So blocking your website, what does it do? Let's, let's say we'll, we'll, go, we'll go a bit further, we'll block the IP address for that website. Or we'll block the, the IP block, the range of addresses for that one IP address. What then happens is other websites that are also on that same IP block are also blocked. Um, there was a, there was an, there was an iPhone app called Love Fresh, which is all about finding fresh local produce in your area. Yeah. When O2 brought in their adult content blocking, they got blocked off, and Love Fresh's app stopped working. Right. Because IP blocks were blocked against the range, because he happened to have an IP address range that was in the same range as something they were blocking. Right. He got penalised. Right. So you can't block it on the IP address. If you block it by a domain name, you just register a thousand domain names. And if you're blocking on an IP address, we bring in IPv6 and blocking oh, an IP address becomes pointless. Yeah. What it comes down to is not that it's impossible to block. There are multiple ways to respond to the problem, but every way that responds to the problem is already gained and available to be manipulated. Because the very thing that makes the internet exceedingly powerful is the very thing that makes censorship and damage to the internet very hard because the internet is designed to root around damage. So the problem has to be solved at a non-technical level? So it has to be solved at a non-technical level. It has to be solved at an agreed level. Mm. Now, the policy that that David Cameron's talking about is saying, well, he wants internet service providers to ensure that when you are setting up an account, your account is opted in to having all of this control, all of these filters, all this IP blocking by default, and that should you wish to have that content switched off have that content switched off, you will have to phone up your ISP and say, I don't want any of this adult filtering in place. Right. And, um... As Nick fumbles with, on his keyboard. What we end up with is a, you know, first, I mean, I've, I've had to do it with O2 and, and, and uh, you know, subsequently with GIFGAF and say, I don't, want, I don't want you to choose that I can see and what I see. But now you end up with a register of people who've opted out. 
<laughs> yeah. What happens to that register? And and also, what does it actually mean to say that if you're if, if you're talking about a house that has the internet blocked, and I want to say actually, you know, I I do make sure that my kids when they're on YouTube are watching stuff that's suitable. And not watching unsuitable stuff. How do I do that? I say you can't surf the internet outside of where I am, and you have to keep the volume up so I can hear the conversations. Right. And I'll step in and say that's unsuitable for you to watch right now. Yeah. Change something else. Yeah, watch something better, but not watch this. That's what I do. They end up on websites. So I run them on Ubuntu so that they can't install software left, right, and centre. Mm. Now, if I run them on Windows, I'd probably run them up so they couldn't install anything at all. There are lots of parental controls. Mm. Available. One of the things, actually, I've, I've talked about this um, Microsoft Xbox Live product, the Family Center, which lets me provide a profile to my children that is controlled by me. They can't even spend money without me controlling it. So all the tools are there for an adult to provide <laughs> a mechanism by which we can instruct children to have a healthy attitude towards sexuality without living in ignorance and fear of it or being treated as if somehow or other any interest in that is perverted and unusual you must not you must not show an interest which is wrong it's damaging we know it's damaging we know it's just as equally you know as damaging as the abusive images because you lead to people growing up with a complete sense of guilt and fear about themselves which is always unhealthy so this online pornography to be blocked this is the policy there's a lot of people saying oh it'll never get passed they can't go through we, we know the digital economy act you know, the bill that got passed is now the Digital Economy Act that has currently got Ofcom working with ISPs to work out how we can correctly filter and block copyright. So they're still trying to work it out, aren't they? You yeah. can't work that bit out. Yeah. It's yeah. like, let's... Should, surely what we should be doing, instead of, instead of launching this policy, whilst at the same time cutting the funds to CEOPS, the Child Exploitation Online Policing Service, right. right. he cut funds by 10%. In fact, he reduced the funds to the group who were designed to actively find and arrest the people who perpetrate the abuse. He's cut the funding to that group and he's then said the ISPs have to just block it. It's, it's again, this is like putting CCT everywhere rather than putting police available. You know, it's like saying, wait until the victim's happened and then we'll act. It's, it's late policing and it's late policy, it's late law and it's just idiocy. And Has this got a name? Uh, uh, this, this act? This, this, thing this, is... this thing at the moment doesn't have an, a name okay. or an act as it's going through. Um, but it's the online pornography to be blocked by default. It's, it has me stunned. But, you know, so, OK, we have, we have fantastically, what we have is the Open Rights Group, mm. um, who I'm proud to say I'm a member of, and I think more people should what be is their response? They... And the Open Rights Group wrote Cameras, Demands for Action and Child Abuse Images, and it's a fairly lengthy repost. Um, but I mean, they, they do actually highlight here. Um, you people who take pride in doing what they say can't be done, you hold hackathons for people to solve impossible internet conundrums, well, hold a hackathon for child safety. Set your greatest brains to work on it. It's like having one of those managers who comes to you and says, I don't want to hear problems. Just come to me with answers solutions. and solutions. Yes. A bit like Henry Ford. Uh, yeah, a lot of people brought he up did that, Henry didn't Ford. He? he did that, but the difference is Henry Ford was actually technically capable enough to deliver on the key things he was delivering on and control it. Here's, the, here's what scares me. This could lead to a regulation that says... Let's put Sky, be Sky B, in charge of the internet. And we'll have an internet which is actually delivered exactly like Sky TV, where you have to pay for the channels that you're interested in watching. It makes no sense. Anyway, there's a fairly long, long, long-winded, um, not long-winded, fairly long and, and quite concise riposte to this particular article. Yeah. 
and with a great demonstration of, of pure ironic moment, a Guardian journalist, Kev Global, aka Kev Global on Twitter, Kevin Anderson. Um, no, I'm just getting his name wrong, but there we go. Let's bring it up here. Mr. Anderson, there we go. So, um, he goes to click on the link from the Open Rights Group about blocking child abuse images. Yeah. And he's in a library. And he goes to click on the Open Rights Group response. He's in a library, and he gets a message up from the library filters saying that site has been blocked because oh, it contains content that God. the filters say. So, the filters have already demonstrably proved that a site that would be legitimately acceptable to visit has been blocked by the very filters they're apparently set up to protect. Now we're talking about a library which, I don't know if you're going to hear me over this, so I'll just wait until the truck goes past. That's a big Carlsberg lorry goes by there. We are, let's, let's get them on for sponsorship next. Yeah. You know, if Carlsberg made podcasts. Exactly. Right. Hey, maybe we should have a Carlsberg podcast. Anyway, carry on. I can't stand the drinks, so it could be hard. Whereas if we could get Welton's Brewery involved, or Hepworth, I think that would be awesome. We could have that trucks going by. But slight, slight, not, now, no, here we go. You're in a library. You're in yes. a library where you can pick up the Calm Sutra and Fifty Shades of Grey. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, you can pick up books that contain erotic literature. Yeah. The very things that they are concerned about children having access to on the internet are available in the libraries. And what happens when you go into that meeting? You know, if you go into a library, you can get out a book. I can get out a book with my child next to me. This, it, it just, it's like they could, the child could quite easily go and pick up those books and take them into a corner and read them. It's a library after all. I'm just saying, well, I'm too busy to watch my children in the library, really. I, I think other people should be watching my children for me. Um, it's worrying. I mean, you know, it's just a pure moment of irony that in the very place that they say, we're concerned about that content, libraries that contain exactly that content. And if we are concerned about this content, why are we not blocking page, why are we not blocking page three from every news agent? Why are we, why are we not, you know? Because we can't. Oh, we but they can't. can't, they think they can on the internet. It's a shakedown of it's people's shakedown. understanding of what you can and can't do on the internet and what they think needs to be done. So there's, um, it, it all sort of accumulates rather well with um, Claire Perry, MP, mm. and the Daily Mail saying this is a big success for, for civilised, modern people. It's great to see this policy has been put in place. Um, you know, it's important that we do everything that we can to, um, to protect children, etc., etc., etc. Her website gets hacked because security's pretty poor. And her website gets hacked Do you think it got people. hacked because of what she said? I believe it got hacked because of what I said. Okay. It's not unlikely to believe that somebody angry at, at this sort of policy that says we need to put these filters in place hacked her website to contain material like Goatsy. Do not go and look for Goatsy. Unless it's on Wikipedia, it's probably the safest place to go and look. Right. Um, and so this happens to her website. Another political, another political pundit by the name of Paul Staines, who writes as the identity Guido Fawkes, Right. Publishes on his website right. that Claire Perry's website was hacked, and he talks about her website being hacked and how it's a little bit ironic, etc. And you know, obviously, people don't get to her site. And Claire Perry's response to this is to suggest that Paul Staines sponsored the hacking of her website, um, and that 
he had linked to her website and was responsible for the... And, and if you don't read the article, it's demonstrably clear that Claire Perry does not understand how websites work and how website linking works and how website images work. OK, so she was saying that because this guy had uh, some hyperlinks to her website, he was... He was implementing somehow in the hacking okay. of her website. All now, right. this is the MP who's lobbied hard and has insisted that we need to protect children online. And I, I would, I would, you know, I would absolutely... I, I, I'd rather somebody like Tom Watson, who has good clue as to how the internet works, but I am terrified when, I, when, when we see that... that MPs who are keen to lobby on ideas have no concept as to what the implication of those ideas means or the technical delivery for those ideas. We don't need them to be Bill Gates and Mark Zuckerbergs in order to be making legislation on it, but we do need them to either listen clearly to good technical advice and accept it, or to go away and learn how this thing operates in order to implement it for themselves, to appreciate all the issues on it. That's surely the point of being part of that sort of elected mandate, is to not simply say, I'm representing my constituency, but to represent your constituency with clue, with an understanding, not simply sticking your hand over your eyes and waving your hands about and saying, the best policy that we can come up with for this is, and then trying to pin the tail on the political donkey that is the internet service provider's responsibilities. Do you know, Nick? But your rant has lasted 25 minutes. You, can you tell I'm a bit angry? It's, it's just, doing a, yes, he's putting his head down now. That's just, why his sound has suddenly changed. It's gone really booming. Really, I am, I, am ang- I am angry at this. Shall we... I am, um, and and it, it's, I'm, I'm still going to be writing about it, and I, I, I cannot... Can we, have a, can we use the last five minutes to have a little talk about what's happening in Balkan? Up in Balkan. Okay, well, this is for the international. Up in Balkan. Up in Balkan. And our idea for that for the next show. I'm I'm sure. Well, that could work really well. But anyway. There's a prospective prospective energy mining company by the name of Codrilla. Codrilla. Codrilla, I think it's called. And it's it's worth looking into the links between Codrilla and um, lobbying and uh, associations with the Conservative Party and our current government. It's just worth investigating those links. They're certainly interesting. Yeah, just do a Google. Um, and then we we have a look at the fact that they are apparently... Well, they are issued with a permit to explore for oil in Bolcom. Yeah. By putting up a small drilling rig. And uh, thank you. Well, apparently, thank you very much. There was already a, an old drilling rig there, apparently. Yes, there's, but that's, there's, that's there's, a detail. But we, we go back, we go yeah. back decades to the point at which there's always been prospecting for oil in the area. Yeah. Now, um, if this was going on, and we were talking about Sussex having its water supply provided in a majority by reservoirs and rivers locally, mm. then. Um, my view to this would be, well, this is just a straightforward dig straight into the ground, it's going to come back up, yes, there's going to be waste and, and uh, materials that will have to be dealt with, and that would be fine. But we're talking about the fact that Sussex, as a county, uh, which has its water supply provided by groups like Southern Water, sits on a chalk base 
that acts as a giant aquifer for water. Underground storage so of water. Underground storage of water. And if you go and have a look on Southern Water's supply details, you'll see that we hey, have 70% of the water provided yeah. to Sussex and Southern areas by the aquifer. Now, it's not provided directly from the aquifer. The, what happens is the aquifer is utilised to refill the reservoirs and refill services and so forth. Then 23-odd percent is provided by rivers and a remaining 7% from the reservoirs that we have in the area. So, you couldn't build enough reservoirs to match the demand for Sussex because this is not big enough. And let's put aside the fact that we're adding 10,000, 20,000 more houses in the in the southern, southeastern Sussex area yeah. um, for the demand of water to go up, as it inevitably will. So we have a we have this this drilling rig that's going in, and part of the, the permissions that are required in the drilling rig is to handle uh, non-inert and hazardous toxic substances. Uh, a large amount of which, as the drilling process, will be left in the light in the ground in ground wells in the area, um, and it will basically be sort of hydrochloric acid and salt water and brine that's used for cleaning and clearing the drills. Because so at the moment we I'm haven't reading, even gone to fracking. We're talking about just simple oil extraction. We're not, aren't we're, we? we're, well, we're not, we're not even talking oil extraction. We're just right. talking talking discovery right. for oil. Okay. But as part of the discovery for oil, there will be a natural gas extraction process. Right. And the natural gas extraction process will basically be a burn-off. Yeah. There'll be no natural gas storage on the property. Yeah. But that doesn't discount the fact they could be taking any of the useful energy that they find there mm. and shipping it out on a regular basis so they're not storing it there. Yeah. Which would make sense. You wouldn't want to have storage facilities in the area. That's kind of hard work. Um, but we're left with drilling that's going to go into the ground uh, with no clarity as to where that is in relation to our aquifer and my answer is even if it's within 20 miles of our aquifer the answer is no right um, it's going to be two to three miles underground so it's past the level of our aquifer so it's either going to punch a hole through it yeah or it's got to drill down into an area that will be underneath where our aquifer is mm -hmm. and if not underneath where our aquifer is it's a fairly small amount of oil oil we're going for. I mean, when we talk about oil fields, we really well, have to appreciate the I scale think the of previous people who drilled there gave up, because there wasn't any, or very little, I think. Well, they couldn't find it. But quadrillas associated with, and it's hard to sort of dig into this without looking into what they're doing, what's called shale gas recovery. Mm. Um, fracking. Which is, which is otherwise known as fracking. Um, anyway, so this is going on in Bolcombe. Needs to say, the residents of Bolcombe are not happy with the concept of this energy company um, being in its presence and potentially creating uh, large ground, large, large wells of toxic water supply, toxic water that will be just left in the ground, um, with the pollution in the area from the additional traffic as well as the constant burn off of gas. Um, they just think, no, there's, there's not a lot of justification for the damage in our area other than the fact that they're going to pull out. Now, people say, well, well, you know, it creates wealth and it creates jobs. Well, I'm not actually seeing a lot of wealthy people down, down in Bolcombe out of this, but I'm seeing an awful lot of wealthy people up in London. Um, that seem to be creating lots of jobs out of the fact that at the moment it's creating jobs for the, for the policing action. So I just thought um, we should have done it today. Hopefully we can do it in a couple of weeks' time uh, that we should do our podcast from that, from that protest.
Um, because people have joined because us as well. the the village is there. There's people there's people in the village who just decamped and are basically creating a gala, a festival there at the moment. Yeah. Uh, and I, for after this, I'm going straight up, and I've already left a conversation there because I think, I, you know, it'd be great to go up there and throw them some support and you know, okay. roll in with any surprises. So I haven't told Nick this, but just for our listeners' um, knowledge. Our next show won't necessarily be in two weeks. It might be just before or just after. Nick mm. needs to rearrange a few things yeah. because of days off and stuff. But it will be in approximately two weeks. So we'll do it. We better wrap it because we're at yeah, 31 minutes. minutes. But um, I've spoken very little. It's been Nick as usual ranting and me being the slightly amusing foil. But I've been Dr. Pod. He's been Nick Butler, aka Loudmouth Man. Uh, we've been from the Lane Deli, breakfast served all day, cat. And a big thank you to our recent sponsor, Tim. Tim, who doesn't want the rest of his name or his details head out. Tim. Thank you for the sponsorship. As ever, if you'd like to sponsor us for uh, sitting here and listening to me rant for for about half an hour, then go on to socialmediawhitenoise.com and hit on that donate button. See you next time, folks. Mm -hmm. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to Social Media White Noise, brought to you by Andy White, Aka Dr. Pod, and Nick Butler, Aka Loudmouth Man. Please visit www.socialmediawhitenoise.com where you can leave comments, listen to the show straight from the webpage and subscribe for free. Email us at ulot at socialmediawhitenoise.com Follow us on Twitter, Dr. Pod and Loudmouthman. We'd like to thank the coffee shops of Sussex, social media and technology without whom this show would not be possible. See you soon. Peace.